I have a reason to go out here. So like, I like I, I can't tell you. I don't think there's a single. And again, I don't know the demographics that are like in North and South Dakota outside of like corn farmers. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a top, that's like popular, but like, like any like local food that's like decent, like it probably isn't isn't good Chinese or like Spanish or I don't know. A lot of it's like they have like a lot. They have like some breweries here, but like thing is like I haven't gone out at all because I don't have a reason to go out. So it's just like I haven't really. Oh, you like Joey Gallo in the Bronx? You just like don't go out. He couldn't go out. I felt so bad for him. He just didn't fit what they were doing. And now he and now he has more home runs than the Yankees have wins as, as of like yesterday. Well, yeah, these Yankees suck. Well, get in the hole! Welcome in, folks, to the Get in the Hole podcast. Stephen McAvoy, Ben Pierre here with you on a magnificent Monday in the world of golf, the final week of the PGA Tour season, the Tour Championship at Eastlake Golf Club. Where has the year gone, Ben? It feels like it's been, uh, like, it feels like it's literally been about, like, I don't know, a month that we've been going through the thing, and yet the Masters was, like, five months ago. The U.S. Open was, was more than two months ago, which was, like, freaky to me. We had the Open literally a month ago. And yet here we are, East Lake, finally the third leg of the playoffs, the final week of the season. Wherever you're listening and however you are listening, be sure to throw us a like, a sub, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your playlists, and on YouTube as per usual. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod. And on Facebook, just search Get in the Hole. Of course, find us on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Network. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at Underground PHI. And on Facebook and Twitch, type in those URLs, backslash that, like a karate chop, with Underground Sports PHI. Ben Piro, the man, the myth, the legend, the golf god, kind of, sort of. You can follow him on Twitter at Piro underscore Ben, and me at Stephen McAvoy underscore. Also, you guys can follow me on Instagram. At P I R R O. Tell people that it's insane. You have like twenty followers, bro. I have over a thousand followers. You dingus. Oh. So 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 far you called me dingus, twinkle dick, and the, the, there was another one in the group chat. I got to find. I didn't say that. Yeah. I think. Look, but- Ben, 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 I understand you want to keep up this image of like, of like, I'm the good boy. Let's be honest, dude. If if Max comes to most people on Twitter, wait, what? Huh? If Max Oma can openly roast people on Twitter, you can have a little, little more of a bad boy attitude. It's okay. We're all human. I don't know what you're talking about, though. I just think you're jealous because my hair looks better than yours. That's why. I want to, I'm going to share the screenshots. I think Ben should go to the long hair. I'm gonna post a poll. Be sure to vote on it at some point this Actually, week. no, that would be I think you should. Yeah. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, that'd be fun. But it's just like put I mean, like you know, put a picture of me with short hair and then a picture of me with long hair. And then like, Yeah. We'll be able to do it. But yeah. a lot has happened in about a three-day span, which is like an eon in golf time, especially especially in the playoffs. Will Zalatoris has withdrawn. Well, he withdrew, he withdrew from the BMW. Now he's withdrawn, drawn from the tour, from the tour final. 
multiple guys are in, multiple guys are out, but everything started last week at the BNW in Wilmington, and we are going to start there on the show. Patrick Cantlay, a little bit of a deja vu moment, defends his title at the BMW despite the different golf course. He will now jump to number two in the aggregate scoring, only behind Scotty Scheffler as we go to East Lake. I'm going to kind of just throw this out there. We're going to talk more about Cantlay in terms of uh, who fits the mold for East Lake. Do we see some deja vu in his future, considering literally a year ago, to, a year ago today, he was defending his title against John Rom? Look, I, I do think I do think that it's possible for him to win the Tour Championship. If you win the Tour Championship, you win the FedEx Cup. That's how it works. But I just, statistically, which we will get into later, I am a little bit hesitant to say that that will happen. Um, look, I know he's only starting, what, two shots back from yep. Scotty Scheffler. But statistically, I just don't think at least this year, he fits this course as well as some other players that will, he'll be competing against. And we'll get into that later in the show. Of course. And look, I think that what, what he was able to do last year was a lot different to what he's doing now. Um, obviously, going into last year, he had, what, three wins or two wins to that point under his belt. The No, sorry, three wins. The fourth came at, at East Lake. He had like, I don't know, 14, 14 Stroke skiing putting like something's like something ridiculous, like like an absolutely astronomical number to uh, to edge out Bryson DeChambeau at, at the BMW last year. He had won the Memorial this year. It's only really it's only been this one win that's gotten him now over the top. He's finally broken the mold. But we always talk about momentum at the right time. I think there's, there's certainly a possibility that we do wind up seeing him um, show out once more. Helps, of course, yeah, that now you're only down two strokes. This guy, Scheffler, we've seen as of the last two weeks, hasn't been the best putter on the planet, was this past week dialed in that proximity to the whole game that we always talk about, how good he is from inside 25 feet um, to the cup. He managed to find that range pretty well this past week. And again, we'll talk more Scotty Scheffler news. But probably the biggest story coming out coming out of this week was Will Zalatoris's, uh withdrawal from the BMW Championship Due to a back injury, he has now withdrawn from the Tour Championship, and it has been reported that he has two herniated discs, a major, major blow to the young stallion trying to find his way on the PGA Tour. Of course, got his first win at the FedEx St. Jude, and what looked to be the possibility of a run at the FedEx, at the FedEx Cup has basically gone to squash. What do we make of Sal Torres' exit? And again, we're going to talk, talk more about it as we get into what it means, particularly in the field this week um, because there is some, there is some implications here with Zalatoris uh, not there, but what do we make of Willie Z's season as a whole now that it's kind of come close? I mean, it was a pretty incredible year, uh, but you also think what could have been, and I know I've been on him quite a bit as far as putting, how, you know, how he's performed as far as putting goes on the greens, stuff like that. Um, but you can only, you can just be left with like, what could have been like, what could, have happened if he had played all four rounds last week and all four rounds at the tour championship. Uh, he had just as good of a chance as pretty much anybody. I mean, he was starting what four, three back or four back. If he had played. That'd be th three back. He would have been three back. Yeah. So he would have started at minus seven um, being only third. What you're only three back and you have four rounds to make that up basically. Um, 
all you can think is what could have been. I sincerely hope that he has a speedy recovery, that this isn't a serious... I've never had herniated discs in my back, so I don't know what that's like. I don't know the severity of the injury. Initially, I thought this was going to be just like a little tweak, and it was just a precautionary reason for him to sit out. He wouldn't move. He wouldn't fall too far down the leaderboard um, or the, the FedEx Cup list. But it just leaves you like kind of like a sour taste in your mouth because you can't help but feel bad for somebody who really had a very good year. He really did, and then unfortunately, the the tournament after he finally breaks through and wins, which is what we were all waiting for from him. He has a very unfortunate injury that seemed just like it came out of nowhere. So I wish him nothing but the best. Um, and I really hope that um, he starts next year, all healthy, 100% and he's ready to go because I really do think we're going to miss a lot of this. I think we, we saw a glimpse at least the last two weeks prior to the end of the entire year that Willie Z was going to win. He was going to win an event and it was only a matter of time. And obviously uh, Jason Sobel of Dash Network had been saying for like six weeks, he had Will Zalatoris as his winning pick every single week. And all he would ever say in his write-ups was at some point he will win. Like, when was it going to be? We didn't really know, but we finally got that glimpse of like, we, we talked about it last week. You can't ball strike your way to a win. It seems it seems nearly impossible. Yet for someone who started off as such a bad putter this year, again when he went toe to toe with Luke List, he was the it was the 122nd uh, best putter on tour. The tour average in terms of uh, strokes game putting was like two. He was he was at like a minus three on average, which is atrocious. And yet he was managing to place second at the PGA, third at the U.S. Open, top five again at the Masters, and yet is losing strokes on the green. It goes to show how good A, his proximity was, and B, his strokes gained T to green. I believe going into this week, uh, if you were to, if you were to account for everybody on tour this year, he's like second. And I'm pretty, pretty sure he's only behind Rory in terms of overall strokes gained T to green. So incredibly impressive when you can have strokes gained basically the entire width of the course, and then within about 20 feet, you're just kind of you kind of wash it away. Mm-hmm. Um, he's finally got he's finally figured it out. He talked to his uh, his coaches, they, they interviewed him after the uh, FedEx St. Jude, he said finally something clicked this past week that was managed, that he was able to get uh, his stroke going. Unfortunately, the back injury just could not uh, withhold itself. Apparently, he had been ling- it had been lingering for a few weeks. He fought through it at, at the St. Jude, but I guess the uh, the overall toll from going basically giving it your all on Sunday to try and get that win was simply too much. Kept him out of the BMW, and now we and now we have this news of the herniated disc. Overall, incredible year for Will Zalatoris. He deserves all the credit in the world. It's so unfortunate that isn't thing as a comebacker of the year on the PGA Tour because despite him winning yet the Rookie of the Year last year, like the guy came back and was still able to put up such a great sophomore year that if there was a, a sophomore Player of the Year too, he would have won it. Um, Willie Z had a great year. We'll see him next year, and I'm, I'm hoping that once he rolls around, probably um, obviously we'll see him at the Century in January he'll be able to bring his A-game and certainly be able to figure figure things out. Not much else happened at the BMW. Obviously, guys made it in. Guys made it out. We'll talk more about that on the B-side here. But I saw something that was fascinating. Rory McIlroy had, had a bit of a run-in with a, uh, a remote-controlled golf ball. How it got onto the course um, and got the security is beyond me. 
apparently somebody ha- had a remote control golf ball was was rolling it around the green uh, and pissing Rory off. He wound up throwing it in the water on 17. What was worse though, Rory's bad ball incident that that he was stumbling around, or Colin Morikawa on Sunday going double bogey to I believe quintuple bogey. He shot a 10 on a par five, plummeted him all the way down to 40th. And now he'll start this week at only one under par instead of what could have been five under par where Sam Burns is. What's worse to you? Uh, Well, I look, I love Colin Morikawa, but definitely the quintuple bogey. I mean, you went, he went four putt double, then he made a 10 on a par four. uh, Par five. Oh, par five. I see. I didn't even know what quintuple meant. Um, I've been out of school for too long. That's important. Yeah, math. I'm good at. I'm good with the okay. maths. <laughs> um, but no, like, uh, it it wasn't good. You have a four putt, and then you follow that up hitting two balls in the water. I will. I will say it looked like a front pin, and that's easy to do when it's crunch time. You're trying to make birdies as much as possible, um, but you know, unfortunately, uh, just you can't have that. You can't, uh, especially during the most important stretch of the year. Um, I mean, look, I will say this about the ball incident with Rory. If I was the, if I was Rory, I would have gone over. I would have asked if I could play with the controller. And I probably would have smashed that with my putter, with my putter or seven iron, and then I would have thrown it in the pond. So I, that's what I would have changed about what Rory did. I don't know how the fan got inside the ropes. Uh, someone honestly should be fired from security because he was just casually standing right next to the green, and then a police officer just casually walks over to him. Uh, I'd be like, "WTF? What the football is going on?" Yeah, so. Like- it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. I feel very I feel really bad for Colin Markow. I really do, because I was really pulling for him this week. Well, think of this. The money implications, and look, look Colin's made plenty of money. He's won he's won a couple of a couple of uh majors. He's now starting at one under par, right? So the winner is like eight dollars something or no, like sixteen million. Something something ridiculous. Um I was looking at the actually I think I have it here. Yes. So the money payout. So yes, so the winner makes 18 million dollars, right? Had he started at 5 under, so he would have started out literally in 5th place. If he just maintained 5th position the entire week, would have started would have started at 5 under, he would have made 3 million dollars, right? He's now all the way down to 1 under par, which is uh second to last in terms of the aggregate scoring, yes. and he's currently lined up if he just coasts to make just south of a million. So when you think about it, his quintuple bogey is the equivalent of about $250,000 per putt, which is like mind-blowing to That's me. Insane. Which also is like, like we, we talked about this uh, at the St. Jude. I think like JJ Spawn had like a, a back nine where he lost like $800,000. Like yeah. someone, who, someone who hasn't made a lot of money is like sweating out like $8,000 putts. Like, like ludicrous. The the bad ball situation is like, is it as bad as like when the girl picked up Nelly Corda's ball at, at the LPG event? It's pretty bad. Like the situation itself is terrible. The ball itself, whatever, it's kind of funny. And the fans were loving the fact that Rory threw it into the pond. He was not having it. He was ready to to uh, to football tackle this guy. But really, Colin's situation is far worse. I feel so bad for the guy. And now he's kind of plummeting 
down this hole, down at one under, and yet he might possibly be like one of the best players fit for this golf course. Like he fits this golf course to a T. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, there isn't a award for low gross, or else I'd probably put him there. That's uh, yes. But like, oh, what a shame. The, f- the fact that you could possibly lose a FedEx Cup because you quintuple bogeyed, like, I get it. Like, it happens to everybody, but in the worst possible time. Yeah, look, I mean, all you can do is just chalk it up as a learning experience. Um, exactly. That's all you can really say. And, look, he's the type of guy that handles everything with such class. That's why he's one of my favorite players uh, on tour. Um, great competitor, beautiful golf swing. Uh, great attitude uh you can tell he just really loves golf and it's just just of all the people to have that happen to him it sucks it sucks if only have patrick reed but if only man i'm not sure if you've ever seen the uh the, the video oh my god the, P- the pga tour posted a video uh this was like a while ago of um of colin with some uh some older gentleman at his like at his old golf course at a uh, at Chevy Chase Country Club. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's on the PGA, PGA Tour website. So awesome, awesome videoing. Like he used to play play with these guys. They're like seventy years old. He used to play with them when he was like seven and would like beat them hand over fist. And like like the the, the stories they share. It's like a ten minute video. Go watch it. Anyways, uh, we we're gonna talk a lot more about about this next week while the PGA Tour season is wrapped up. But we go, want to tease this a little bit because the announcement. Ha- uh, came out this past weekend. The automatic qualifiers for the President's Cup have been, have been released. I'll read them off to you now. On the American side, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Xander Schauffele, Tony Finau, and Patrick Cantlay. And then on the international side, and things are apt to possibly change depending on the quote-unquote rumors of live golf um, turnover. But Corey Connors, Cameron Smith, Adam Scott, Jung Hyung Kim, a.k.a. Tom, Joaquin Neiman, Mito Pereira, Sanjay M, and Hideki Matsuyama. Now, Will Zalatoris was included on the automatic qualifier for the American side. Of course, he has withdrawn from the President's Cup due to those same herniated discs. I want to ask you right now, of these teams, assuming that Cameron Smith and um, the, the rumored Mito Pereira and Hideki Matsuyama do not jump ship to live golf, and they play, and they play, the, play the President's Cup, automatic qualifiers alone, who has the better team? Oh, the U.S. does. I, I, by by yeah. how much, though? A lot. No, no, I'm serious. They have they have the better team by a long shot. Uh, I believe the the Presidents Cup, the international team, has only won the, the Presidents Cup one time. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is look historically. This has never been a competitive event. Um, there have been instances where said years have been competitive but if you just look at the overall records it has not been competitive i mean i know we lost a lot of guys to live uh on the pga tour i get that but you have scotty scheffler patrick cantley sam burns Xander shopley justin thomas tony finau that's a pretty darn good top six they're all young they're all likable they're all really good at golf Not to mention, you're probably going to get Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa and oh yes, yeah, X Day, somebody else in the top twenty in the world. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, granted, look, if Cameron Smith and Hideki Matsuyama jump ship to live, then like all hell's gonna break loose. Yeah, and like this is probably one of the more competitive teams they've ever had, uh, considering in years past it was like Louis Ustazen, Mark Eastman, and then still just, just a pile of crap. Um, there was one year, this was a while back, that I think it was like Ernie Els and the next best player. I probably came to came and tell you their name. Yeah. Um, so like arguably, like this is the most competitive team, but like when you even when you think about it, who's the best player if Smith if Smith and Matiama go? Is it Neiman? Is it M? Like who stands out there in that group? Corey Connors can't hit a putt. He can get you to five feet, five feet to the cup, can't hit the putt. Uh so it's like, who knows? But I did say after Tom Kim won, I said this guy's making the President's Cup team. And guess what? He fucking did it. So good for him. So good job, Tom. <laughs> I love you, Tom. All right. So we've gotten through uh basically our, our preview. There's a few things that came up in the last like 45 minutes on my timeline that I'm that that was gonna kind of like rapid fire real fast because I, I haven't prepped for these at all. You haven't you haven't prepped for them at all. Uh, on the spot but yeah i'm basically putting us um on the spot here the pga tour just announced also that everyone who made the field at the tour championship if they have not won an event will be added to the century tournament of champions come january uh, which means that, that we are going to see adam scott colin morikawa Corey connor cameron young aaron wise brian Harmon, sahith Tagala, and scott stallings all in the field what do you make of the uh the extended field Apparently, there's a lot of um, backlash, a lot of uh, scolding hot takes, like saying, like, oh, we can't uh, repunge the reputation of the Century Tournament champions. Meanwhile, these guys who make the Tour Championship field qualify for, like, the U.S. Open and, like, the, the match for, like, 10 years. What do you yeah, think? I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, I don't think this should, If you don't have a win, you should not be allowed to play. It's the Tournament of Champions. It literally says champions in the tournament name okay they should not be allowed to play uh if you're gonna get into the tournament champions you should have won a pj tour event in the previous calendar year it's not that difficult well it is very difficult but you know what i mean we're talking about it uh prior to the show starting want to get your thoughts here rory mcelroy and tiger tiger woods teaming up with a sports agency called tomorrow golf possibility of bringing golf to stadiums like esports something pretty cool uh I know you brought the idea of like a pitching putt. I, I just don't know how this would like work. We're gonna have to learn more like like as it goes on. But initial thought from having literally no idea what's going on, we'll probably break it down more uh, in the coming weeks as we learn more info. But first thought, uh, I'm just interested. My first thought is how is this gonna help the journeymen and the veterans who aren't household names on the PGA Tour? How's that gonna help them? Um, look like, yeah, you can sell out stadiums, but like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, 50 yard pitch shots. Like if someone holds it, like I'll clap and say, good shot. I'm not going to go jumping up and down. And like, uh, like if the Mets won the world series, you, you know, um, what's that? That'll, that'll probably never happen in our lifetime. Oh, it's going to happen this year. I promise you. Um, oh, don't break like that. But look, I, I, in all honesty, I don't really understand. I, all I, I just hope that it benefits the older seasoned veterans who are not household names, the journeymen. That's what I hope. 
because that is the only way you're going to stop getting players from going to live if you can help those guys out. That's just my opinion. I'm really hoping this wasn't the solution that, that Tiger brought up in this players-only meeting last oh, week. If it is, oh, my God. If it is, I'm nervous, kind of. Like, like what? I know, what is it like? I know it says he's an entrepreneur in his Twitter bio, but actually I did see that today. I think it does say entrepreneur. It does. I would – I would just be like, dude, what were you thinking? Like, this was like your grand idea. I really hope this wasn't like the grand idea. I, I hope really, not. I really hope not. Because if I went to that meeting and that was what was proposed, I'd be like, are you effing kidding me? No. Although I will say this, uh, Tiger Woods does have a really impressive uh, string of mini uh, like putt-putt golf courses. If you've ever yeah, been, I've been, been. Golf yeah. yeah, I've been there. Pretty cool. Yeah, but I yeah, but that's not yeah. I'm not going to spend hundreds of dollars to go to a stadium and watch that though. Well, I don't think of this. People pay money to go watch the American Cornhole League. Do you I think, don't think that that's that lucrative of a, of a sport, Stephen? It's not, but like as so, something to do. I don't know. Like what, Cameron Smith would dominate the uh, the the, the putt putt tour. I'll tell. I'll, I'll, uh. Finally, one, one last thing. They've announced uh, PGA Tour 2K23 will have Tiger Woods on the cover. As per usual, why not? It's the first time Tiger Woods cover since Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2014 when it was him and Arnold Palmer. Also announced playable character Michael Jordan. When you get the game, if you even do, first player you're teeing it up with, is it Tiger or Jordan? I don't play video games, so none of them. <laughs> As the guy who does, as the guy who does, probably Michael Jordan because I've already played a Tiger w- 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 way too many times. We take, we take a short break. When we come back, East Lake, the Tour Championship, who's in, who's out? We're breaking it all down right here on the Getting Old Podcast, the final episode of the season. Ben, strap in. The Get in the Hole podcast is sponsored by Tomahawk Shades, the best eyewear in the game. Tomahawk Shades is making sure that when you tee off on hole number one, your eyes are well protected from the sun as soon as you hit hole 18. Tomahawk Shades founded by two brothers on Long Island to make sure that you're getting a quality product for an affordable price and not spending an entire two weeks paycheck on one pair of sunglasses and you're looking styling and profiling on the golf course. And say you're at home watching the PGA Tour, they got the Blue Light Plus glasses to protect your eyes from those violent blue lights that come from your TV. Go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart for the golf season, get the sunglasses, the Blue Light Plus glasses, and anything else you need while you're out on the course so that you look the best and you can live up to the look good, feel good, play good moniker that we live by here in the underground. And when you go to check out, Use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. Big thank you to Tomahawk Shades for sponsoring the Get in the Hole podcast. back into the Get in the Hole podcast. 
Ben Piero, Stephen McAvoy here on the final week of the PGA Tour calendar. It is Eastlake, the Tour Championship on the PGA Tour. Let's just get right into what we got to talk about. It's time for us to open the book. Talk about exactly what's going on at Eastlake. It's Ben's book time and some course confidential for Eastlake. Ben, I see a lot of notes, man. There's a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about it by the numbers. I want to hear every little detail. Course Financial, Eastlake, Ben Piero, break it down. Okay, so first I figured we sh- I should give you just like a little bit of a breakdown for anybody who's not exactly uh, familiar with the setup of this event, yada, yada, yada. So if your first effects cut points, you start at minus 10. Second starts at minus 8. Third, minus 7, which isn't happening. Uh, Will Zalatoris, who would be starting at minus seven, is not playing. Sure. Praying for him. I really hope he makes a speedy recovery. Uh, Xander Shoffley starts at minus six, and then so on. It goes further and further down the leaderboard to like guys in the back of the pack of the top 30. They're starting at even par. Um, this article, um, and if I just wanted to say, um, based on even though Will Zalatoris isn't playing, um, you tell Kyle to stop texting? It's like going off on my computer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I will say, even though Will Zalatoris is not playing, if the with that top four, given how tumultuous of a year the PGA Tour had, for the top four going to this event to be Scheffler, Cantley, Zalatoris, and Shoffley, that's pretty freaking good. Um, considering all the guys that left, um, they're all likable guys. They're all really young and good players. I think that's great. Uh, Adam Scott and Aaron wise, they actually ended up getting the, the final two spots. I believe they both parred the lat their 72nd holes to get in. Um, Scott Stallings actually made the biggest jump, uh, going into the BMW championship. He started the week at 46th and actually I believe he finished solo second um and is now in 12th place on the fedex cup list and the winner if you win the fedex cup you get 18 million dollars your caddy is set for life as well uh which is fantastic um all of those stats i just read you uh was from a pretty long but very good article uh called first look tour championship by adam stanley pjtour.com you can go and check that out um, as far as the course goes, though, and this was also touched on in his article, obviously this is Eastlake Golf Club. This course is no stranger to hosting big events. It's I, it's actually the oldest course in the Atlanta area. It's a, only a par 70, and it's about 7,300 yards, so it does play longer um, because of the par than the actual yardage indicates because there are less par fives. Um, the original architect uh, was Tom Bendelow, uh, and this, but this course has also been touched up by both Donald Ross and Reese Jones, so two incredibly prominent golf course architects. Something to keep in mind, which we will discuss later, the scoring average last year, I say only when I say this, but it is a par 70, was only 68.62 shots. So that means that players who are more back of the pack are going to have a much harder time winning this tournament and the FedEx Cup. That's why the seeding going into this event is so important. It's not an easy course to go low on. It really is not. Um, 
And just a couple of tidbits for you guys. Tiger Woods has the 72 hole set has the 72 hole record here. Um, at minus 23, that was set back in 2007. My man, Zach Johnson works with Mike Bender. My swing coach has the course record, the single course record of 60, which is minus 10 also in 2007. Um, now getting into the golf course. So being that it, this is Atlanta in the South, this is all Bermuda. Okay. Bermuda fairways, rough greens. So there's going to be a lot of grain, uh, greens that have Bermuda grass. There's grain, which, um, you'll see like light patches and dark patches, light patches. That means you're putting down grain, dark patches means you're putting into the grain. Um, grain is harder to putt on. Because that that type of grass, Bermuda, is harder to pot on because of that grain than, say, bent grass greens, which you just basically read it and hit it. Um, so you have to account for grain. Basically, grain accounts for roughly 1% of break in pots. So you might have to increase or decrease break. You might see some guys getting some more difficult putts, say, a putt that breaks right to left, but the grain is going left to right. So those are tough putts to read because it's like which – how much is the grain actually going to affect this putt? Um, also, because this is late August, early September in Atlanta, the Bermuda rough is going to be long. It's going to be thick. One thing about Bermuda rough, the ball always sits down. And so whenever you get grass in between the club base and the ball, it is very difficult to control the fit, to control the ball flight. Um, because you're not, you're not actually striking the ball. You're generally striking the grass first. So look for the straighter driver of the golf balls this week to compete, uh, and be at the top of the leaderboard. Um, other than that, I would say, do we want to get into the keys to winning right now? Or I can't hear you. I am muted. Yeah, yeah, we'll hop right into it. Okay. Um, so for me, keys to winning, I would say because there's so much money on the line this week, it's the last event of the year, you have to have a strong mental game. Whoever is the toughest mentally will prevail this week. Okay, $18 million is a lot of money. Um, that's a Look, that's a lot of money at stake, and every single shot counts. So who can overcome the pressure and the nerves? Um, that can be bestowed on players this week. Um, that's incredibly important. Moving more into the physical part of the game, you have to drive it well this week. If you don't, you're going to be in long, thick Bermuda rough, which is very difficult to hit out of. Um, so whoever drives it the straightest in the fairway will have better looks at the green. And also putting, mainly short putts. And late in the day, when the grain gets a little bit longer, um, a little bit more scraggly when it's not as perfectly cut in the morning. You have to really understand how the grain is going to affect each putt or even how it's going to affect a chip shot because you have to understand if the grain is growing into you on approach shot, that ball is going to grab more. If it's actually growing away from you on the approach shot, the ball is not going to grab as much. So little things like that will go a long way. Who can putt the best and who can really drive it the best this week. So, yeah. Don't mind me. I'm just and Stephen is imploding. No, don't mind me. I'm just... You're frozen. 
I was muted again. I don't know what the hell just happened. There's two things that matter the most to me this week. I think that the golf course doesn't it, on, on paper, right? 7,300 yards. Obviously, it's playing longer. But what stands out is a like you had mentioned, um, hitting it straight and hitting it far. You got to be able to find it, it's pretty well undulated. So, so, so there's a lot of hills to attack, but you can go two two straight holes downhill. I think it's the third or fourth hole. It plays completely uphill, blind blind shot over the water. Find the, find it, and then you're sloping up probably 30, 40 feet. It's like it's like um, 18 at Beth Page, trying to walk trying to walk your way all the way up the hill. Find that 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 plateau, blind shot. There's plenty of those on the entire course, blind shots into the green. To be able to drive it far enough, and you could be hitting wedges into greens is going to be crucially important. Which is why for a guy, for a guy like Scotty Scheffler, this course is going to be a home run if it gets straight. That's um, what I the big thing that I find is that. The, put, the putting stat is a little bit um, not minuscule because it matters a lot. But in his, historically, the guys who put the ball next to the hole the best, proximity to the hole, and the guys who drive it the furthest and straightest, so stroking it off the tee, tend to win at this golf course. Putting is important. However, it's, it's much more of a second-shot course than anywhere else on the PGA Tour. The average proximity – to the hole to make a birdie or better on this golf course is only about 10 and a half feet. So to be able to find your way within the, that clip, now might I add, current proximity to the hole on the PGA Tour is like 32 and a half feet. That's about, about, about tour average. You're going to have to get it really close. The undulations are going to be killing your ball. And especially with the kind of grain that you're playing on, you won't be able to kind of knock it, knock it close and have the ball sit. It's going to run out. So I think putting matters, but it's going to be, be much more on the actual ball striking and ability to find the hole and get close to it, which is why there are certain guys who kind of fit the parameter of this golf course far more. And we're going to hop right into that. Who are some guys who fit the statistical profile of this golf course that we think are going to be crucially important uh, to win here? Give me, give me a couple of names that you're interested in as we go in. Okay. I'm just going to completely um... – forget that you just said putting is not going to be as important, but getting into that, um, I'll give you three guys before Will Zalatoris had withdrawn. He was actually one of my favorites to play well this week, but um, three guys who statistically fit this course's profile, obviously Scotty Scheffler. Uh, everybody knows I'm a big strokes gained guy. Uh, I think that's a very telling stat for any part of any part of someone's game. So He's fourth in strokes gained approach to the green. That's very important. Um, T to green, strokes gained, he's sixth. And strokes gained total, he's fifth. Okay, so he's top six in those three categories, which is very, which is very important. My second guy, Rory McIlroy. I believe he's seventh in FedEx Cup points going into this week. Is that right? Yes. Um, strokes gained off the tee, he's third. Strokes gained T to green, he's second. Strokes gained total, he's first. Rory is an elite ball striker. And I feel, look, he's not my pick to win this week, but I just feel, I know he won the RBC Canadian Open. I just feel like he's a guy who contends so much, but just doesn't win as much as he deserves because he's up at the top so often. And he's always such a good pick. And statistically, he fits this course very well. He did win the FedEx Cup out here. 
as well uh, in a playoff, I believe, in 2018 or 19. Uh, so that's my second pick. That's my second guy. Lastly, this might surprise you, Tony Finau. Um, struck me off the tee, he is 14. Now that is a little bit misleading because he hits it so far. It's a little bit it's harder when you hit it so far to keep it straight. But he is 14. Uh, strokes gained approach to the green, he's 7th. Strokes gained tee to green, he's 7th. And the strokes gained total, he's 12th. Now, those stats might not jump off the page as much as Rory or Scotty Scheffler. But remember, he did win two weeks in a row late in the regular season. Okay? And given how good of a ball striker he is and how straight he hits the ball, along with such a fun and loving attitude... I really think he does fit this course's profile very well, considering the attitude of, of, of players will matter a lot this week because of what's on the line. I have four guys uh, in mind. One of them you have mentioned. I think again, Rory fits this course to an absolute T. And it, it, it's funny you bring up how he's always in contention but never seems to win. Um, those backdoor top five and top tens are just his bread and butter. Yeah. And it, it, it seems like it's like bound to happen again, and, and we'll talk more about him uh, in Beer Money. Uh, Rory fits this course incredibly well. John Rahm also fits the course very well. There's a reason why he played so well here last year. Um, someone who might surprise you that when I was looking at the numbers, I was like, huh, this is like weird. I mentioned it before, he can't putt for shit. But Corey Connors is sixth on the PGA Tour in proximity to the hole. And he's number one in good drives gained. It's a very, like, he fits the course well in terms of the ability to hit straight, hit far enough, and also that, again, you don't finish sixth on the PGA Tour in, in, in proximity to the hole for nothing. The, the only guys in front of him, granted, it's a bit of a uh, skewed stack because some guys ha had less time. But among players with over 20, 20 events played on the PGA Tour this year, Shane Lowry, Colin Morikawa, Justin Rose, and then Corey Connors. Proximity to the hole, he's only at 30, 33 feet, 11 inches. Tour average is four, is four feet more at, 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 36, at 36 feet. Very impressive for Corey Connors. The one guy, though, who I think is the absolute best fit for this golf course is Xander Schauffele. He's number one in terms of, terms of, terms of Donald Ross uh, design golf courses. Of course, Donald Ross was one of the uh, main contributors to this golf course's redesign uh, back in the day, he's number one currently currently among the field. And hold on, let, let me pull it up for you. He's number sorry, number two in strokes game putting on, on Bermuda grass. He's number three in terms of par four scoring between 450 yards and 500 yards, where just about most of the par fours play on this golf course. Like I said, he's gaining 37.9 strokes in his last 24 rounds on Donald 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 Ross designed golf courses. That's seven more than the next highest guy who's Victor Hovland at, at, at 30. He fits this golf course to an absolute tee. I think he's going to play a great round of golf, and he, he'll be able to find his way, hopefully towards the top of the leaderboard, despite starting off a little bit lower um, on the scale. Let's talk about, about who, who's in and who's out. We, have, we know the guys who are already at the top of the list. We know the Schefflers and the Cantleys and the Burns of the world. But we got to look at the guys who just kind of snuck in. And we're going to start with the guys who missed out on a shot at the Pro Championship Shane Lowry, Trey Mullinax, JJ Spawn, Kevin Kisner, and Davis Riley. Among the group, who are you the most sad to see uh, miss out on, on a chance at, at the tour final? Oh, it's Kisner. 
hundred percent. I think he's such a, he's such a likable guy yet. He's so honest. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's also from uh, the, he, he went to university of Georgia. Um, so he's from the area as well. That, that sucks to see that he missed. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I also think he has a very underrated swing as well. Um, oh, yeah. Very consistent, beautiful looking swing. Uh, and just a great competitor, but a fun guy to be around. I'm, you know, it, it stinks that he's not playing. Not just because I share his body type and I kind of look like him a little bit, but oh, I really, I'm very upset. <laughs> I love Shane Lowry. I think he's a great player. I also think Trey Mullinax deserved, deserved a shot. Of course, Obviously, the, the the way the ball lies, it doesn't lie. Um, so he wasn't able to he wasn't he wasn't able to make it. But Mullinax, as, as someone who's had a very uh, up and down career uh, so far, the fact that he was able to get so close and just miss out kind of sucks. But for Shane Lowry, again, he he he's a really solid player. He's been in terms of major play and like major scale events, he has I think like eighteen top twenty five straight among majors events and um like other like major key events like Riviera um the waste management and the players so he's he plays the best in the clutch moments and in the biggest stages so I'm really upset that uh Shane Lowry is out the guys who did make it like you said Scott Stallings finished solo second Adam Scott found his way in PGA Tour rookie Sahith Tagala is in KH Lee and Aaron Wise who are you the most play against the biggest names this week of course adam scott is no uh stranger this is i think he's the most tenured player in terms of um overall tour championship appearances but who among the group are you the most excited to see tee off towards the bottom half of the of the uh tour field oh adam scott for sure um he i believe i had him picked to potentially to move up a lot and actually to potentially get to the tour championship uh heading into the fedex saint jude i'm so excited um, he's turned what's been like a pretty nondescript year, uh, into a very, uh, into really a very good year. I mean, he's basically top 30 in the PGA tour, which is, that's very, impressive. Impressive. that's impressive. I mean, and how much he's moved up in just a couple weeks, that's very good. So I'm, that's who I'm most, and also he's a, I mean, look, I know I'm like a sucker for beautiful swings. The guy has a beautiful swing. He really does. I could watch it all day. So yeah. What do you think of uh, Adam Scott's uh, constant khaki pants, brown shirt combination? I don't know. I really, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing with that. He's he's usually such a good dresser, but like, you know what it is? I think it's become such it's become such a meme that it's kind of like he has to wear it. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. The guy who I the guy who I'm hyped to see. And I'm very upset he didn't get – well, he came close to that uh, that elusive first win uh, at the Travelers. Sahith Gala has come from – he played the Waste Management this year as a sponsorship exemption and has managed to literally fight his way all the way up to the top to, to top 30 in the world. Incredible, incredible climb from Sahith Gala. And now he's going to – I believe he, well, he has fully earned uh, his PGA Tour card oh, with right. his qualifying by far. Um Someone that someone that we're going to be seeing next year as a rookie of the year candidate, who's going to be like a exceptional, exceptional, probably front runner uh, among the cast of guys who he'll be with. Assuming that that, that there are certain guys um, like Sam Bennett and other guys who will make their way up very quickly. 
But see, the Gala man, what a climb uh, for this kid. I, I, I must say, though, um, Adam Scott's climb, like you said, very nondescript year. What's almost seemed like th- th- there were a lot of rumors going in early on in the year of, oh, Adam Scott jumping to live. Um, the one guy that I can I can confidently say is like as sh- a shut down the rumors and like backed it up. Like he's fully on on bo- on the boat with the PGA Tour and he's loving everything about it. It's like him and Justin Rose are like the two like old guys who everyone's like, oh, they're gonna jump ship because because they have nothing else to do. They're they're like Sergio where they're kind of over the hump, but they aren't like there to be able to to, to compete on the largest stage. And yet here he is. So incredible move for. Uh, for Adam Scott here, I think it's finally first uh, final break. <laughs> what really, really matters? Oh wait, I'm missing something. I am missing some of our prop bets this week. Brought to you by our friends over at Pickup. Pickup, play the headlines. Sign up, sign up, sign up with your phone number and get betting today. We haven't done some prop bets in a long time, but there's a lot that I think are very, very interesting. And we're going to start off with the rematch: low gross scoring. Who will have the better low gross score, Patrick Cantlay or John Rahm, the two guys who faced off at uh, in last year's Tour Championship on Sunday and went basically hole for hole until Cantlay edged out Rahm. Who's going to have the better low gross score, Ben? Uh, Patrick Cantlay. He's just had a better year, plain and simple, and he's been playing better as of late. That's my logic. I'm apt to agree with you, but I kind of want to play double advocate here and go John Rahm. So the hell of it, I'll, I'll go John Rahm. Because you, you can just you, – look, because it's fine. It's fine. Just fine. It's fine. Just, I, I, I'm simply trying trying to gain gain the edge on you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Our second our, our second prop right here is going to be a, a, a group bet. Who will finish the best among the group? We're looking at the guys specifically who are starting this week at four under par between Cameron Smith, Roy McIlroy, Tony Finau, Seth Straka, and Sunjay M. Of course, those first three guys are no stranger to the tour championship and certainly have a lot of – uh, things riding for them, of course, multi-time winners on tour this year. Among the group of four under boys, who will have the best score overall, including the aggregate? Oh, I'm I'm going with Rory McIlroy. Um, he loves this golf course. He knows it very well. He's won in this golf course. Um, one of the best ball strikers in the world. Beautiful golf swing. Rory McIlroy. I'm going to go with Cameron Smith, and for a reason that I will talk about in beer money because I is am it, featuring is, him. Is it like the, he's a little bit spiteful? Is it like the live thing a little uh, bit? No, no, actually, uh, uh, it's more so an actual like skill based like on the golf course thing. And that, nothing related to live. I I'm not going to acknowledge that that Cameron Smith's jumping ship until he actually does so um, because I like him so much. I know he's he gone. is. I I know. I just don't want to think about it until it happens. Um, hole holes in, hole, is it a hole in one or holes in one like? Hole in ones. Hole in ones. Are there going to be any hole in ones this week? Hole in ones. That, 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 that's the uh, terminology. You know, it, it's nice having a, a a golfer here who actually knows his shit. Hole in ones this week. We have seen every single year for the last six years, someone has made an ace. Most recently, last year, Harris English on the par three, sixteenth Island Green. Will we see another one this year? I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think so. 16 straight years, that streak's got to come to an end. I mean, people don't understand. I've had two hole-in-ones in my life. Okay? I've been playing golf for 14 years. Two. Two. That's it. Like, that streak's coming to an end. I'll, t- 
I'll tell you this. I literally, as I was writing this, I saw a uh, a Facebook post from like a like a, a a meme account. A girl at a women's uh, championship final, like a U eighteen final, had two aces in one round. And I'm like, I've never, I've never even come close to one. Actually, that, that isn't true. I came close to one. I was like a foot away from the hole. But like that, that's the nearest I'll ever get. Like how did how you get two aces in one round is beyond me. Absolutely incredible stuff. Our to here we had mentioned that the, that this event is a pretty top heavy event patrick Cantley said today in, in, in an interview that he doesn't like the aggregate scoring but quite frankly he doesn't really know a better system to go off of um do you think the winner will be inside the top three in terms of overall um aggregate will the winner be within that top three currently so um not including will zalatoris will it be patrick Cantley? Uh, Scotty Scheffler, or our friend in third, uh, Xander Schauffele. Yeah, it's going to be someone in the top three. And the only reason I say that, remember before when I touched on last year's scoring average on this course, which was just a shade under one under par. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not an easy course to go low on. So if you're starting the week, you know, eight, not, you know, eight, ten shots back, whatever, you're going to have a really hard time making up ground. And so that's why I can confidently say the winner will be inside the top three at the start of the week. Past champions, back-to-back years, the winner, Dustin Johnson, and then Patrick Cantlay, both finished at 21 under par to win the event at the Tour Championship. Will we see over or under the winning score, 21 and a half? Do you think they'll finally go over that number? Uh... Well, it's minus 21 and a half. Yeah. So they so will not. Will the winning score be 21 under uh-huh. or worse? Or will uh-huh. it be 22 under or better? It'll be 21 under or worse. Yep. Basically, yeah, I... copy and paste, citation, insert my answer to the last question and reasoning into this one. Yeah. This golf course is, it, it is way too hard. And I think. The, the players that are coming in, as, as opposed to what we saw last year where Cantley was on a roll, John Rahm was, was by, like, head and shoulders, the best player in the world. I don't think we – like, Scotty Scheffler hasn't had a huge, amazing week. in about five weeks. So he's kind of starting to die down a little bit. The only person who's really been, like, like on that roll really has been Tony Finau. But he's so far away on the average already. It kind of seems almost unlikely for him to gain, what, I think, like six strokes. To, uh, to manage to come back here. Yeah, yeah, he's he's four under par right now. To gain back six strokes and then on top of that have to score another 11, it seems pretty unlikely. Um, so I'm going to agree with you. It's going to be below that. I, just no one this week has the momentum in terms of that top three players. Shoffley only has one win this year from the Travelers. Can't lay off. He's riding high from the BMW. Even then, wasn't putting better than he was last year. So I think it'll certainly uh, fall under the card there. We're going to take our final break when we come back. Beer money time. We're going to break down exactly who we think will take home the win, both the low gross and the winner. And, of course, give you some more bets in between. Don't go anywhere. You're watching and listening. The Getting the Whole Podcast from the Underground. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawers. Upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. 
I think that's we, how it we always went, goes like, with previous, 45 like, minutes, and we were at, like, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Final segment of the PGA Tour calendar. It's time for our final beer money pick of the week. Brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, Philadelphia's number one light beer. They just posted a sick hat on their Twitter. Uh, from Imperial has a little rope hat. I think we're going to try and get you in that uh, for a event at some point. I don't, I don't want to rope hats. <laughs> Why do you have to ruin the fun? Why would I, why would I put that on my head? Ro rope hats are cool. It's a sponsor. No, they're not. It's a sponsor. Get me a normal one, please. All right, fine, fine. I'll buy, you, I'll buy you a normal one. Anyways, it's time for beer money. Ben, we start off with a top 20 this week. Final picks of the year, star-studded cast. Who are you taking top 20 at Eastlake? This is solely based off of momentum. I'm going to go with Adam Scott. Look, there's only – actually, there's only 29 guys in the field this week now. So he only has to beat nine. And he's been killing it the last two weeks. Yeah, fire up Adam Scott to finish top 20, people. Come on. I what? love that. What? <laughs> the, 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 no, no the reason, he only has to beat nine guys. I, well, it's it. yeah. I, always, I always found these picks funny because, like, when you think about it, like, yeah, you're only beating nine guys. And the idea of, like, moving up is like, so hard. When you think about it, it doesn't seem that difficult, but really you're kind of you're you're it's almost like it's a top heavy. So you're kind of fighting around the people like in your area. So he's fighting against all the guys who are one under and two under, really. Um, which is exactly why I'm taking Colin Morikawa to finish to finish top 20. 
the proximity game is just so good. And to be honest with you, if there was a winner for low gross, Colin probably the second pick. Um, honestly, I have a guy for a low gross, but he's like right there. It's it's still it's just this putter. It keeps on kind of getting it like getting in the way. But he hits straight. He hits it far. The proximity is incredible. He's by far the best, he's by far among the group um, the best ball striker currently on tour. I think Colin for top twenty is just an, an absolute shoe. And again, only has to beat nine guys. And unlike Adam Scott, he gets one stroke. So. You give him a little, little, little nudge, a little push. Top 10 for you. Who you got? Uh, John Rahm. Uh, he's had a, just overall a very consistent year. Um, he's had some success on this golf course in years past. Uh, overall, just a very strong player. John Rahm, top 10. It's a show in. I have John Rahm as well for top 10. I think it's it, it's probably one of the, easy, the easiest plays of the week, uh, if not the easiest. He fits this golf course to a T. He plays it really well. And every year he's played here, he's never finished any worse than fifth. So I think it's pretty easy um, to give John Rahm an easy, an easy crack at a top 10 here, even though he's at, the, at that, that minus three number where he's going to have to climb over guys um, like Cameron Smith and Roy McIlroy. I think he'll be able to kind of to duke it out, duke it out with the best of them this week. Your top five. Top five, Patrick Cantley, uh, a guy who is basically st- is starting in second place uh, at eight under. Um, great player, has had a lot of success here in the past. Um, FedEx Cup champion, he's definitely a shoe. And won last week, mind you. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to win. Yeah, he's going to not win. He's going to finish in the top five. Mine's Xander Shoffley. It's uh, I wanted to take him to win because he just plays so well on these golf courses. But – I just think that the four-stroke deficit between him and Scheffler right now is a little too great. Um, despite despite Scheffler also being with the third best putter currently uh, among the sorry second best second best putter among the field this week uh, is strokes gained putting on these lightning fast Bermuda grass uh, greens. I think he'll he'll certainly make top five. He's already in that like top five sector. Um, in terms of someone overtaking it, I think it's possible to get one guy up there. Uh, but if Sam Burns falls off and he gets and he gets a little wiggle room, he'll he'll most certainly finish top five uh, for me. Before we get in, before we get into the low gross and the winner, of course we have our gimme pick. Who do you have this week? Tony Finau, top fifteen. Statistically, this course suits him very well as far as ball striking goes. Um, top half, it's top fifty percent. Yes, Tony Finau, top fifteen. Mine is going to be Rory McIlroy, top ten. Uh, he he's the yeah. one guy that I think will be able to just trudge his way up. The putter has been on fire. The overall game has been great. And again, he has, he has, he, he, has a, he has a very vast history here. Um, he wins here. So I think Rory is it's just an absolute shoe in for a top 10, the low gross. Now, of course, for the, for the, for those casual fans who have been hearing us talk about aggregates and gross scores and all these different weird things, obviously, as Ben pointed out in course, confidential, uh, and thanks to Ben's book. We, we most certainly do have the aggregate scoring one under from even par all the way up to, up to 10 under. Of course, Scheffler leading the pack at 10 under par. The low gross score will be, will be the guy who finishes uh, top of the leaderboard if everyone started out blank slate, even par going in like every other event. Who do you have, Ben, as your low gross winner at East Lake? Justin Thomas. Uh, I think he's due for a really good week. Um, one of the best players in the world. When he's on, he's on. Like he's virtually unbeatable um he's not starting on an even slate though so that's why i'm going for gross 
gross score, Justin Thomas. My guy, I think, will finish top five uh, overall. But low gross. What what it comes down to for me in terms of the low gross scoring, obviously everything ha- has to work. Um, but what's the most important thing when it comes to low gross? Obviously, the biggest thing is going to be putting. Um, to be able to make your putts and finish, you might you might not win, but if you can hold enough putts and be better than everybody else in terms of overall scoring for the week, Charlie Scheffler can win this event and go f- and go five under technically, because realistically he'll finish a fifteen under. I think Cameron Smith is the absolute best. He's, he's most certainly the best putter in the field. I read a stat this week, and it, and it, it it took my breath away. Solidified it. Solidified this for me. This season and stats on the PGA Tour have only been kept since 1980. He, when he hits the green, he is making birdie or better putts at a 38.3% clip. That is 15% better than Tiger Woods in his entire career, who, by the way, was second in PGA Tour history in, in, birdie, in birdie or better scoring since, 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 since these stats have been kept. Which means that he is 15% better than every single person ever stepped foot on a golf course since 1980 at putting in a season, which is bonkers. Absolutely nuts. 30, imagine this 38% of your putts when also he hits the green 84% of the time in the last six rounds of golf. Sorry, six six events of golf. That means that that means he's he's on pace if the numbers obviously the, the courses uh, matter matter a little different. He's on pace to, te- to technically make 13 birdies. Assuming he makes no, no bogeys, that's 13 under. It's pretty damn good for someone for someone like him. Multiply that over four rounds. That's a ridiculous score. So Cameron, Cameron Smith is my guy f- for loads. Numbers there just like ridiculous and almost too much. But alas, low gross will not win you 18 million dollars. But your winning pick will will win 18 million dollars. Who do you have winning? Addie's like, just take a guess. I can only imagine. It's probably the one guy you've been taking the last two weeks. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler. Duh. Number one in FedEx Cup points. I mean, come on. No, he's number one, he's number one right now in FedEx Cup points. Had a very good week last week. Um, he's due. He's due. Uh, starting basically with a two-shot lead. Four rounds to go. Dude, Scotty, you have four Four rounds. If, as long as you're leading after these after these next four rounds, you win eighteen million dollars. Yes, Scotty Scheffler for sure. You said mental toughness is going to get you the win at Eastlake, and I think Patrick Cantlay is probably the most mentally tough guy out on this golf course in terms of the aggregate and where he where he sits. Only two strokes back, I think he make, he can make that up in a heartbeat. Last year, John Rahm was more mentally strong than anybody else going into that golf course. And Patrick Cantlay outplayed him. I think, I think there's no doubt in my mind that he has the experience. He has the win already. He's been here three times in the past. And might I add, the last two times that he was here that he didn't win, finished top five in the low gross. I think it's pretty apparent. I think Patrick Cantlay will win his bet. Will will go back to back and defend not just one title to be in W, but defend his title again at the Tour Championship. So there you have it. That's a a season of get season two of getting the hole in a in the books. You want to the best part? List? What? You get me for a full season next year 
I bet you're I so excited. I know. I'm very excited. It's gonna be. It's gonna, it's gonna be incredible. You're gonna be like, oh my god, KB, that's like so mean to me. I must say, um, obviously we we we've had a little changeover in management uh, on the show. Um, very seamless turnover. You've been incredible as somebody who um, didn't study broadcast journalism or anything in like radio or media uh, like me. I'm very impressed with the way you've been so far um, in only what, what four or five weeks. Uh, it's been a really good, really good turnaround. And I think uh, some very good things to come in the near future. I think some fantastic things are to come in the future. You, you're a great co-host. You know, you drive me nuts sometimes when you're late. You don't send me the link on time or you cancel the day. I have a day job. You golf for a living. Shut up. I am talking. I am talking. I am talking. (laughs) I'm still in my work clothes. You're wearing a hoodie. You golf for a living. Yeah, so? So he's comfortable. I bet you wish you had it on. I do, honestly. It's really comfortable. It's really comfortable. Yeah, no, I think uh, some great things to come. And you know what's the, you know what's the absolute best part? What? The PG tour season literally starts in a month and a half. We have a quick turnaround, don't we? <laughs> you know, let me before we go. This one take uh, for, from you as a pro: mm. Do you think the PGA Tour should just kind of abolish this like October through late November like gap and just give the players three months off? Or, or, or at the very least, at the very least, make it like those Corn Ferry Tour like qualifying events where like like if you like you basically, you basically tack them on and you can basically win your way to a PGA Tour card come January. I think see, that, I think they got to adjust it. See, I don't think they should. And my reasoning for that is because you don't want those because. Look, I've played Sea Island. I've played at Sea Island before. Like the courses that they play are fantastic. Look, they're not like the sexiest events in the world. I get it, but revenue will significantly drop if they just limit it to like guys that basically are going to, are, like would have lost their tour card. Yeah. And guys that play the season on the PGA Tour, when they do lose their tour card, they go to the Web.com Tour Finals anyway. So that's their chance to get their tour card back. Um, I just think like those events, they really benefit from guys like say a Kevin Kisner or like a Webb Simpson, guys who play those courses and play those events. Look, it's an easier way to get FedEx Cup points um, and get your season off on a good foot. Uh, maybe get maybe steal a win or two. Um, I think they should keep. I do. I do think golf needs some type of like off season for its players, uh, because if you're not like a top top of the line player, you're not really getting an off season. You're just constantly, exactly. You're just you're constantly playing. I just don't see how um, that could how that could be. Maybe I really don't think there's much going on in December. I mean, use December, I guess, as your, your off season and stuff. Uh, you get a month off. Look, it's not like you're running up and down the basketball court. It's not like you're getting hit by 300-pound linemen in football. Um, but I think I like how they – I think they need to keep it. The schedule's never going to be perfect. I yeah. think that they should just keep it the same, though. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Ladies and gents, that is it for another season of for another season of getting the hole. It's been, absolute, been incredible, like we said. But don't worry. It's currently – 
August 23rd on a Tuesday. Um, we'll be back September 15th, <laughs> like a two-week hiatus for the 40 for the 40 net championship. I'm just totally kidding. We're gonna be, be back on next week because we have presidents cups to, uh, to, to, to chat about. We gotta talk about what happened at the tour final. We gotta talk about so many different things. Golf never stops, and that's why we are coming back to you next week after the tour final. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy our picks. Let's go Cantlay. Let's go she- Let's go Scheffler. Hopefully we get another one of those uh, shootouts in Atlanta. It's going to be incredible. Thank you for listening to Get in the Hole. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Hole podcast, a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get in the Hole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Shout out to our sponsors over at Tomahawk Shades and Stateside Vodka for all their support in making underground sports your go-to place for all things sports. They get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia, releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time. Get in the hole!